You know, God is at work all around us in and through lives and local ministries. Libby Moderose is one of those lives. Now, our guest today from Lincoln serves families with Christian Heritage, where Libby is the Families Together supervisor. Libby, welcome to the Morning Conversation. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we pretty much always do when we have guests on is before we get into kind of the work of your hands, we love to talk about just the work of God in your heart first. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your spiritual journey, how you came to know and love Jesus. Yeah. So I grew up in the church, um, went to church, went to Sunday school, but definitely the gospel didn't really start sinking in mm-hmm. um, until I was in high school and in college. Definitely that head knowledge was there, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that that heart knowledge. Um, it, it needed a little bit of catching up to do. So I remember very specifically, I was in college and I had been asked by a just graduated senior um, to go on a walk with her, right? And we walked the same city block probably 10 times. <laughs> And at that point in time, she was asking me what I thought were really hard questions and they actually weren't right. So the the one I remember very specifically was, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that you're going to heaven? Hmm. I was like, I don't know, maybe a nine. Like I, I try to be a good person, you know, (laughs) and she was like, nine doesn't work. It's a zero or a 10. Like Hmm. you're one or the other. Uh, And so I said, I want to be a 10. I, I just need to figure out. What, what do I got to do? And she's like, actually, you, you don't have to do anything. Mm. You know, like it's a free gift that's already been given. You, you just have to accept it. So really, the answer is God put just the right people at just the right time in my life to help that heart knowledge sink in. So, Livius, you're telling that story. You, you said that city block 10 times around. I'm like, the walls of Jericho? Kind of like your heart was like that wall of Jericho. Yeah, and, I mean, and it was, I mean, perspectively, Stan, that was on UNL city campus, and it was the sororities and fraternities, because I was in a sorority. So we were walking those blocks. Yeah. I mean, you must have had a high wall that had, had to topple down. Yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> so good. Libby, you were talking a few moments ago about, you know, you had that head knowledge when you, you know, were young growing up in a home where you were exposed to the gospel, but yet it wasn't until you were more kind of in high school, college, and you got really confronted in a good way with the truth of the gospel and what it meant or didn't mean to you. And uh, you say, yes, I'm in, I want to be in. So what was the difference? What changed? I think my heart just wasn't ready. I think maturity definitely had something to do with it too. The gospel itself, right, is grace is a hard one for me. I struggle with realizing the impact of the grace that I've been given, right? And so that was one where I was a people pleaser. I tried to to do the right things, to say the right things. That it's hard to shift from that legalistic mindset, right? Of especially if you're growing up in church, being there, reading your Bible, praying, singing the right songs, listening to the right things, being a good kid. It's hard when you're stuck in that mindset. But again, I think it was God softened my heart. It was like night and day difference in the realm of joy, I would say specifically. So it is just a shift when you have have the hope of Jesus, as opposed to feeling like you had to try to measure up. You knew that you already did. Yeah. And so freeing. I was a slave before, right, to that. But, but then freedom came with that. A joy that 
even in the midst of sorrow or hard things, just couldn't be taken away. Libby, as you, you look back on your spiritual journey, you come to know Jesus. Let's talk about grow in him. So as you think about your spiritual journey and your spiritual growth, like what's maybe a thing or two that you go, man, out of all the things and experiences, what would you say like were a couple of the top things that God used to grow you? I would say one of them that I go back to, I mean, daily, is I worked at a Christian camp the whole summer long. You did the same the same lessons for the kids. So it really got mm. ingrained in us, right? Because we're there every week teaching the same lessons <laughs> and we were doing the armor of God. And so we would daily teach the kids about a different piece of God's armor. And I remember very specifically that we're headed to go jump on the blob and all of my kids so excited to jump on the blob, right? But one is nervous, try to talk about it ahead of time. And she really wants to do it. So she gets up there and her knees start knocking and she's not going to jump. And they have a process because there's so many kids that they have to get through the blob, right? Like you, you can't stay up there forever if you get scared. And they know she really wants to jump. Um, and so, you know, they, they shout down to me because I'm supposed to try to help figure out how to get her to jump when she's super scared. And we talk about, hey, what what's going on? What's the issue? And she's like, the blob isn't big enough. Like, it's not going to hold me. And it, I mean, it is a hundred foot long, right? Like we know that these blobs are yeah. there for sure big enough for this little six-year-old. And so we said, okay, well, how big is God? And she said, so big, you know, like, is God going to keep you safe? Yes, he's going to keep me safe. And then she goes to jump and she doesn't jump yet. And I'm like, oh, just so crushed. And all of a sudden she turns and looks at me. We had camp names. So she said, little for show. I forgot to put on my helmet today. And she grabs a fake helmet and pulls it on and screams, get out of here, Satan. And then she jumps up onto the block. And so frequently that has been right. The model of if there is a hard day, right? And I'm reminded that I forgot, right? I forgot to be in God's word or meditating on it or be in prayer with him, right? Like I forgot to put on my armor today. Um, And sometimes Stan, I literally say out loud, get out of here, Satan. That picture for me has just been, again, from a a (laughs) six-year-old, God used to help teach me what that looks like. Libby, let's talk about your involvement now. You serve with a ministry called Christian Heritage. What is Christian Heritage and how did you get involved with it? Christian Heritage, their mission is to change the future of child welfare in Nebraska by mobilizing a gospel-centered community to support vulnerable children and families. So we do that through three different programs. We have a Beyond Prison program, which helps teach classes to incarcerated individuals. So parenting classes and relationship classes, We have a foster care program. So we are a supporting agency. We license foster parents and help support those foster children when they're in those homes. And then we have a Families Together program, which is our prevention program. And the goal of the Families Together program is really to mobilize the church to be making connections with vulnerable people, right? So how do we connect God's people to the vulnerable people? And honestly, how I got to Christian Heritage was it was God. Um, But I'd been working in the nonprofit field for about seven years at that time. Really loved what I did, but I was tired. I was emotionally tired. I was physically tired. I was spiritually tired. And so on one very frustrated night, I decided that's it. I'm done. I am getting out of the field. And so what as one does, 
you rely on your community in those moments because I knew don't make a rash decision like this isn't your best choice. And so I called Jill, like my bridge, Jill. <laughs> um, and, and I told Jill, like, I'm done. I, I think I said I'm going to become a mail carrier because I'm sure that I had got that mailing where it tells you that they're hiring, you know, that day. Jill laughed at me and she said, we both know you're not going to be a mail carrier, Libby. And I said, OK, uh, but I don't really know what's next. And she said, I talked to somebody at Christian Heritage today. And I think that they'd be a really great fit for you. Let me make a call and, and see if they've got anything open. Jill made a call. And next thing I knew, I was at Christian Heritage. So definitely that was that was not me seeking that out in any way. That was God just aligning all of the right things to get me where he wanted me to be at just the right time. Libby, you mentioned a few moments ago about Families Together, which is a ministry I think your your hands are in quite a bit. Tell us about Family Together. What is it? Families Together is our, our prevention program. So goal is that we are trying to help build connections with vulnerable families. Um, so parents and kids. Usually if a, a family in crisis is calling us, they're first going to tell us about a physical need that they have, right? So a lot of times it's like maybe they have past rent due, maybe they need a bed, maybe they have no one safe for their kids to stay with while they have to make an emergency stay in the hospital or something like that. But those things, what they're really needing is connection, because if they had healthy connections, they wouldn't be calling us. Just that whole concept of, you know, most kids end up in the foster care system. It isn't because of abuse. It's because of neglect. And the neglect many times isn't necessarily that they have bad parents per se. They have under-resourced parents. And they get in these situations where they're trying to make the best for their family, but they end up putting their kids in a compromised situation and they don't have the resources to make it all work. And so Families Together tries to step in that gap. Absolutely. If you had a mom who needed emergency surgery and right. she has no safe place for her three kids to go, her kids could end up in foster care. Mm. She did nothing wrong in that situation. She just needs medical treatment for herself. People in the church who decide like we want to stand in that gap, we train them and then background check them, obviously, to make mm. sure that they're safe. And then we are able to pair kids with host homes that are in their communities. Parents know their kids are in a safe place until they're out of the hospital. During that time frame, the parents also is paired with a parent advocate. That advocate then meets with the parent when they're out of the hospital. Um, that's another volunteer position that we are able to train and equip someone to do to, to step into that space. And then we have what's called our care community. And so our care community is basically, we want everybody in the church to be able to use their gifts to support these families and connect with these families. If your gift is bringing meals, we want you to be able to bring meals to the host home or to the family once they're home. If you're like, yes, I love power tools and building beds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a gift, and we all do as God's people, we want to help you utilize it in a way that can further God's kingdom. Libby, one of the things that is to me so exciting about uh, Families Together and the impact that it is and can make is it just saves kids from a lot of trauma if they have to end up in foster care, right? So you think about having a kid taken out of their home and being away from family by force, I'd be out of necessity, but by force, just yanked out versus this healthy relational process where a kid is willfully, with parents' cooperation, put into a 
you know, a partnering home, a families together home for a window of time till they can get kind of past this rough patch, whatever that patch is. I mean, the difference in the trauma experience of those kids is radically different between those two. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the kids in these situations know that their parents trust the Mm -hmm. people that they're going to this home. Their parents have met. We we don't send kids to a home where the parents haven't met each other already. Um, So the parents have have met each other. Um, They have they have a communication between each other. Their actual parents never lose their rights. I mean, their their parents remain their parents. It's just a safe place for them to be until they can go back home. They get to still have phone calls or if if it's a place where they can have visits and see their parents still. Absolutely. They still get to see their parents. We know that if they're calling us, there's there's probably some trauma that these families have experienced already. But in the realm of the massive amounts of trauma that families experience when kids have to be in foster care. Our hope is, is that we're, we're helping save some of that and then just equipping and loving on the parents in this situation as well. You know, Libby, another part of the whole families together impact is taking pressure off the foster care system, right? I mean, so we all hear and, you know, governments can't do everything, shouldn't do everything, get overrun. There's pressure and stress on the system when there's too many families in. So not only does it protect kids from a level of trauma that of going into a, the system, but also keeps the system more viable, right? So it, it relieves stress from the system as well. Do you get some feedback that way? What kind of relationship do you have with the state? I'd love to kind of get a sense of their feedback and their awareness of the impact that you guys are having. Yeah. So we actually have communicated with the state, obviously, before starting this program, because we didn't want to have any situation where maybe there was an open investigation already with a family. We didn't want to prevent a child from getting the care that they needed. So we've always had open lines with them. And since we've had open lines with them, their prevention team. So the state has a a prevention branch of DHHS and they have worked really closely with us. So now when they have needs, they utilize Care Portal or contact us to tell us what those needs are. And then we help try to connect the church to them so that those needs can be met on the prevention standpoint from that avenue. Libby, we talked a lot about families together. Talk about the impact of it, specifically in the life of a family that has experienced it. Yeah. So we have a mom who We've been working with her for about a year now at this point. She came in and she had a lot of trauma. She had inherited some mental health things along with her trauma from her parents. She called us initially because she was pregnant and put on bed rest and had two little kids. And so she wasn't going to be able to care for her kids because she had to be on bed rest. So her kids went into a hosting and the kids were loved on. When she had the baby, she continued to be connected with that host home and supported by that that host home and, and that host home's care community and then remained in contact with us and her advocate. She then recently had a situation where she was ready to move out of a relationship that she'd been in. So she was finally leaving that house. She'd been able to, after a lot of roadblocks, get into her own place, but she had no help to move. And so one of our churches in town, they rented a U-Haul and they showed up. They moved her out and built beds at the new house. And when they arrived at the house to move her out, the ex that she was separating from was was actually there, which was a surprise. We, we weren't planning on, on him being there. The way that that church cared for and moved her and what he saw in that moment, a church that he didn't know and she didn't know, getting her to a new space 
was so impactful that he pulled one of our staff members aside and said, wow, there's something very different about these people. Um, If there's ever an opportunity where I can even help someone move, I would love to be put on a team with these people, which was really cool. And then she, as you know, the the church is building beds in the new house and and loving on her kids and 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 holding her baby. She then said, "Wow, all of this time I've been really mad at God. I've been frustrated. I haven't been able to see what his plan has been. And now I see that he was actually just getting all the pieces in place for me." <laughs> and again, her story is it's not finished yet, but such a cool picture to us of just the impact that the church and connection and God's people can have on people who don't have that. Libby, uh, one last thing with, again, families together that to me is so good and so powerful is families together isn't just a ministry trying to impact kids and families. It's trying to empower the church and resource the church to impact kids and the family, which is two very different things and, and is super smart and wise and right. And so talk about that and, and specifically, how does it, what does it look like for a church to get involved with families together and, and and how do they do that? So actually, we have started doing some classes, which are called Becoming a Trauma Responsive Community. We've done one already in Lincoln, and we have another one coming up. Um, we'll be doing some in Omaha also coming up. We've got other surrounding communities that have contacted us. And basically, it is just a simple way to try. It's kind of like Trauma 101. Like, how do we help you as the people of God um, to know and understand trauma and how to best help and to best serve someone who's in a, a crisis situation, which honestly, you probably have people in your church that have trauma. Even if you're not willing and ready to take that step out into the community just for how to care for the own your own members of your church. So if that's something that someone's interested in, they can call Christian Heritage and uh, we'll be able to, to connect them um, with whatever the next class is that's in their area, if that's something that they want. If they'd like to become part of the care community. So if they have a gift, right, that they they want to to share and, and their church isn't on board yet, that's great have them call us. Um, We'd love to hear from them. If they have a heart for being a host home and stepping into that space where they would love to host children temporarily, we can get them started on that training process. If they want to be an advocate and working directly with, with those parents and families, again, just give us a call. Well, Libby, this has been an absolutely great morning today. We are so thankful for a service like Families Together and how you're helping parents in crisis before their family would need to become part of the foster care system. Thanks so much, Libby, for spending the morning with us today. Yeah, thank you so much.